Hey guys, welcome to the Your Marriage Story podcast, where we believe story matters. And we're passionate about helping Christian couples live a more mission-centered life. I'm your co-host, Chris, along with my lovely wife, Justine. We hope you guys have fun, that you're encouraged, and that you learn some nuggets for your marriage and family along the way. We are so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Chris. And Justine. We are so glad you guys are here, and uh, we had uh, something that kind of came to mind as we were thinking about um, some stuff that we've been up to over the last several weeks, and we thought we would turn it into an episode, and maybe it would be helpful for you guys. But if you don't know, probably two weeks ago now, we did... It was a week ago, yesterday, or Sunday. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. COVID is like throwing my sense of time all out of whack. But a week ago, um, eight days ago, we did a workshop um, with, I think there's about 41 couples registered. It was such a blast. We um, got to roll up our sleeves and dig into um, just thinking through uh, direction for family and marriage and um, basically how to catch a fresh vision and to then use that to understand calling and assignments in your family, creating a family mission statement, and then habits and pillars and, and uh, uh, just rhythms that are necessary for that family mission to come to fruition. That was the workshop. And uh, we had several questions during that workshop um, and afterwards that we thought were probably pertinent for most people to hear and to to get an answer to. So we thought we'd cover those today. Um, the other thing too is if you guys are not familiar, um, in the show notes below, you can get access to a free mini course that we do. It's called uh, Marriage Story Mini Course, and it's an absolutely free course that we put together. And it actually talks about some of these principles that we cover in the workshop and can get you guys started down kind of just that track of thinking about marriage and family in this way. It is kind of unique and uh, against Western culture, but it's very biblical and very sound. And basically outside of the last 200 years, this is the way family has been uh, and has been done um, up until uh, really the Industrial Revolu- Revolution in the U.S. So, um that course is for you. Check it out. It's free. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to waste too much time. We want to get into kind of talking about uh, these questions that came up and really how we would recommend addressing them and kind of how they're relevant to you guys. Yeah. So Vince asked, love the micro practices and how it shapes an ability to say no to things that distract from your family mission. Uh, so that was one thing that we really dive into is what are the things that you can do on a daily basis to accomplish this bigger mission that um, you that you, God has for your family <clears throat> and he said what's one of the hardest things you've had to say no to but in hindsight um, it's been obvious why you were supposed to say no to that and in the workshop, we ended up both having different answers. So I thought it would be fun to share those. 
Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Dive in. <clears throat> Mine was, um, sorry, I feel like I have morning voice right now. <laughs> we switched up our daily rhythms actually a little bit to um, see if, if it would work better. So we're recording this podcast in the morning rather than in the evening, and we'll see how it goes. But we're always trying to kind of refine our own family rhythms to figure out what works best. Yeah, so it's 6 a.m. right now, and <laughs> we're half a cup of coffee um, in. And uh, We've been like awake, but just reading, not actually talking. <laughs> yep. But um, anyways, so my, what we, what I felt like was one that, uh, I guess, situation where we had to say no to something that was really good, but looking back, it ended up being a huge blessing for our family was... Um, Chris having to to step away from a job and a and a company that he really loved working for, um, and it took us probably six months or more to like decide that that was the right decision because we felt like it wasn't really working for our family the rhythm that he had of traveling every month being gone and and just the way that we wanted to start training our boys and having rhythms within our home and our family it didn't allow for that in the way that we wanted by him traveling so much <clears throat> and so we prayed about it we talked about it with um people that we look up to and get advice from a lot and just trying to figure out like, is this really what we need to be doing? And, um, cause like we feel like it is, but also we really love this company. He loved what he was doing. Um, they took really good care of us. And so we just wanted to make sure that we were saying no for the right reasons and that, and just being really prayerful about it. Um, and it was really hard to finally make the decision that that's what needed to happen. But it's also been such a blessing for our family to be able to really hone in on our family rhythms, hone in on how we're training our boys and Chris being as involved as possible in that process and really taking the lead on it actually um it's been wonderful would you add anything to that scenario or that example well I want to go back and explain what we're talking about here and why this is um like where this comes from so we um we have kind of a process that we take people through that involves kind of outlining some of the things that change or that are possible or that will improve your marriage and your family when you have a mission statement. Um, and one of them is when, when you've dialed in, uh, on your mission statement, you've already assessed where you're going and then compared that to where you want to go and then made some adjustments in terms of, um, the way that you approach your life with your family. And, one of the things that's really critical there then is knowing what to say no to and what to say yes to. And so um, the biggest challenge that people have in today's day and age is that they don't know how to say no to good things 
because they don't have a clear vision of where they're going. And so when something good comes up, why on earth would you have any reason to say no to something that's good? There's, there's no point in it. Like everyone in their right mind would say yes to anything that's good that comes about their way. Um, yeah. Most it's especially, like, why not? This is a good opportunity. I might as well take it. Yeah. Most especially if you don't have a separate vision for maybe the way to spend your time, to engage in daily life and those kinds of things. And so the job that I had was incredible. Like most people would have looked at us and said we were probably, you know, bat something crazy for walking (laughs) away from it. In fact, I'm pretty sure people probably did say that. Um, And we had an entire episode um, on this a while back. And it was just how to say no, plan your week and, and keep cultivating your marriage. Like the, I think is what the title was, but, um, and I'll link it below so that you guys can see that. But, uh, this is an incredibly important thing because if God has called us to something specific and we spend all of our time doing other things that are good yeah, and have a good purpose, but are not what God has called your family to, then two things happen. One, you're going to run into, um, probably a lot of frustration because you're just overloaded and number two uh, the thing that God has called you to do is not getting done and that's an even bigger issue Uh, the example that I gave in the course Justine's was or in the workshop Justine's was um, my job Uh, for me it was like thinking about family within the church gatherings differently and one of the biggest challenges that most couples face is, again, this idea of good versus called. And I think all of us have um, callings uh, as Christians that are all the same. We all, we all have a unified calling and commands to live life according to God's will in a number of ways. I do think because of the way God has uniquely gifted individuals both with the spiritual gifts within the church, but just making people a certain way, right? Like personalities. Yeah. I'm never going to be a a mechanic. That's just the reality (laughs) of it. God did not design my brain to function uh, the way that like an engineer or mechanic or something like that would. Right. And so um, I think there's that component to callings as well. And um, so within the church, you've got all the spiritual gifts and all these different things in the way that you can serve the church. But like, um, not every single position is for you. You know, you see people that are, um, that are doing hospitality that are also ushering that are then volunteering in the kids area. And, you know, they're, um, like in worship, like once a month as well, or, you know, whatever it is. And their heart's in a really good place. Like they just want to serve. Yep. But it, I don't know, it, it can become detrimental, I guess, or. Well, your, your number one call is to your family. Um, like that is an incredibly important thing. Your first ministry, uh, I should say your, your call is to honor God and to follow his way of life and and to live into his will um 
and to place him first yeah. and to love him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Um, and then love your neighbor and your neighbor is your family and families mentioned first in scripture before any institution, um, before any organization, before any community, your family is your first priority. Um, and I think the local church, the local ecclesia, the gathering is a close second, but it does not replace your family. And I think this is made pretty clear in scripture that like, you know, even the one who doesn't care for his own family is worse than an unbeliever. That's a pretty bold statement to say. And I think sometimes people confuse some of the verses where Jesus is asking about like, or telling people like, well, you have to hate your father and mother. Um, to follow me. What he's saying is that you're going to have idols that you're going to have to say no to in order for me to really be Lord and whatever those idols are. And in that day and age, a lot of times the idols were their family. That was like their whole world. And for them to um, think about following Jesus, they had to count the costs of the fact that their family would not be first. God would be first. And he uses some pretty extreme language there. But but God is not against family. And Jesus is not contradicting himself by saying that. And so um, all this to say, when you're in the church you should not be doing everything because a couple of things happen when when you're not doing the things that you're not gifted at doing there's going to be a hole and god is going to be convicting other people and those other people will hopefully and prayerfully come around to stepping into the positions that you were holding or the things that you were doing that you shouldn't have been doing because they're actually the ones gifted to do it. So if everyone takes this position of, okay, where has God made me uniquely to be? And then I'm going to own that space and let everybody else deal in all the other things. If everyone takes that position, then all of the needs will be met within the church. Because God has made each of us uniquely. There's a hand, there's a foot, there's an eye. And maybe there's two eyes and two ears and two hands and two feet. But there's not four hands. There's not four feet. feet. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like we have to start thinking about that. If if I have, you know, two hands, I'm not going to pretend that they're eyeballs and try to see with them. You know, it's like that just doesn't work. So think about that analogy as you you consider whether or not you make the decision yes or no to take on something new within um, the church. Prime example for us, um, we were just asked uh, to um, start a small group virtually for uh, this time during COVID. And we thought about it and assessed it from the lens of like, okay, um, where does this fit into kind of like the way we're called? And we felt like, with our marriage and family focus and our, and our, um, our goal to kind of really pour into couples in those ways and disciple people in this season where we can't be having people over in our home and having those kinds of conversations, um, 
and doing life together in the home or on the table, then Zoom small group is a great place for us to then lean into doing a marriage and family kind of Bible study midrash, if you will, um, around passages that relate to that. And so that's kind of the way that we're thinking about all of this. Now, if, if we were asked, um, you know, six months ago, Hey, would you have a small group, uh, you know, in your home for two or three hours once a week, we might not have been in the place where we could do that because we were also having people in our home and we were hosting a lot and we were trying to do life and disciple people in different ways. And so, um, you know, that's kind of the decision-making lens is like, how do you say no to good things? So what was your saying no to? Did I miss it in the middle of all that? Um, It was just kind of like us making the decision that we were not going to do all the stuff Mm. in the church gathering. Yeah. Like, cause we did that for years, Mm. for eight years we were, you know, leading hosts and we were involved in all the, um, all the conferences and all of the, you know, events and all the small groups and all the things, you know, and it was everything. Um, but once you started having kids, like you have to make conscious, just conscious choices for your family based on the vision and mission for your family, not because kids make you tired and you just don't want to go or like you need a down night or something like that. Like that's totally different we shouldn't make decisions that way. We should make decisions based on what we know God calling us to. Yep. Uh, Do we have time for another question? Yep. I think we can uh, knock one more out. Um, So Josh asked, how do you collaborate in your mission statement if you have two different views? So each of us coming into creating a mission statement, because one thing we talk about is... Um, spending some time separately praying about and writing out kind of what you see for your family and then coming together and seeing how things align, what things you like about the other persons that you want to make sure that you include in yours. Cause it's some, this is something that you're doing together. It's not something that you're going to have two separate mission, like each of you can't have two separate mission statements, but we do encourage spend some time praying about it and writing things down separately and then coming together and working on it together from that point. But so Josh's question was, how do you collaborate in that, in creating your mission statement when you might have two different views? Yeah. Answer. (laughs) Answer is don't collaborate. No. Um, Yeah. I think this was an interesting question. And uh, for those of you guys um, kind of like wondering perspective or I guess uh, context here too, um, Josh and his fiance are actually, they're engaged. And so he was asking this question from the standpoint, I don't know if you already said that. No, nope, um, Asking this question from the standpoint of we're doing this for the first time and we're not in a marriage yet, but they're so close. They're about ready to get married. And, um, so they're doing it for the first time and they haven't had the time yet to live together and to kind of like see some of this work out Mm -hmm. in the daily tensions and things of marriage. And so, so there'll probably be iterations of it as mm -hmm. they get married, start living together and kind of just, yeah, doing life as one. One of the biggest things you see in marriage in general, um, whether they're Christian or not 
is this collision of um, independence and um, like this idealism about your own individual pursuits. And when you get into marriage, um, the divorce rate, I'm convinced, is high, you know, 50% today because people get into marriage each agreeing to pursue their individual pursuits of happiness and fulfillment together until such a time as their pursuits collide and they don't um, naturally support each other anymore. And um, then they decide to move on. And um, that sounds very simplistic. There's obviously a lot of like downturn that happens in a marriage you know, once that begins between that and, and divorce, but ultimately people are after their own personal happiness. They're not after the happiness and the, the support of their spouse and we or had to work the holiness that. of their spouse. Yeah. In the first year of our marriage, just cause you don't realize how selfish you come into a marriage until you're put into living together with someone and having to figure out how to, um, work well together and yep. compromise on things that uh, you thought were really big deals, but then you get into, and it's like, okay, do I want to make this a big deal or do I want to uh, lay down my pride mm-hmm. and um, put my spouse before myself? And we, yeah, we worked through that. Yeah, so it's like when you're approaching something like this for the first time with all that, you know, let's call it what it is. Like we are all, we all succumb to this. So um, with that selfishness in mind, with that self-centeredness, because it's like, let's be honest, most of us are, you know, 20, 25, 30 when we get married. It's like, um, you know, you've just lived for two to three decades with you and yourself being the sole center of your world besides Mm -hmm. maybe the Lord, if you're a believer. And it's like, that's a hard shift to make to then make somebody else the focus. And like, you're supposed to be mutually submissive to one another, um, you know, as believers. So like, there's this idea that like, even as a husband, you should be uh, a servant leader, who sacrifices himself for your wife and leads from a position of sacrifice and wives you're to submit to your husband. And that means that you are to do the same thing for them, but not as the leader of the home, but as, as one who um, willfully allows the um, leadership from your husband and his sacrifice and his servant positioning to, um, be what kind of directs the, um, environment of the home. And so when you're making these kind of, uh, visions and missions for your family and each of you is still in that place, um, it's going to take some humility. It's going to take probably one of you, if not both of you in some way, completely yielding your vision for your family because 
God has brought you together so that the two of you can complement one another in a way that brings about a whole new reality, not the merging of two realities. And so um, I really do think that's important to think about here because two become one, not two become two different individuals stuck together, right? In like one household. Yeah. Yeah. It's not two people in one house. It is quite literally two people become one flesh. There's a whole new flesh that's being created. And so what I recommended is obviously a lot of prayer um, because the spirit is going to have to convict one, if not both of you, about selfishness and individual pursuits and and all of that. And then from there, you're going to have to start yielding some of your vision to your spouse because God put your spouse there to bring about something that you couldn't. And I think that's really critical to think about, especially you guys out there. You're the leader of your home and you're the head of your home, but your wife is there because you're deficient. God said, I will make a helper for Adam. And the word helper is the same Hebrew word that God actually used for himself in his saving efforts with the nation of Israel 16 other times in the Old Testament. And so what God's saying is basically, you're deficient here and you need some help. There's something that will help you accomplish what you're supposed to. And it's none of these animals. It's none of these things. I'm going to pull it from your rib. And then you'll be able to accomplish is the first thing that's not good. He basically gives Adam a job in the garden and then says, whoa, this is not good. We need to give woman. So men, you need to be ready to yield um, and allow your wife to bring in things that might be different than what you imagined. Um, but you guys need to do this prayerfully and you need to humbly ask the Holy Spirit to convict your hearts so that you guys are not just like bending over and allowing your spouse for the sake of allowing them, but you guys are actually catching the vision that the Lord has for your family. Because I think there's a difference. There are times, and I think this is probably more rare than it is common, but there are times where your spouse just needs to let go of their stuff. Like they're holding on to something that's not healthy, they're too selfish all of those things, like, and they just need to let go. And that is the case sometimes. And I think in most cases, the more common is that both of you have stuff like that. And the the truth and the, the balance is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I would just encourage to, like, we're eight years in and we're still working on our selfishness on a daily basis. Um, but... I would say... Well, and people that we love would tell us that are, you know, in their 50s, 60s, and 70s that it's it doesn't go away. Yeah. So it's like, just accept this as kind of a new reality of... Like laying down your life for your spouse. Yeah. Yep. Did you have more to add to that? I kind of cut you off. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, if I did, it's gone now. <laughs> baby <the> brain <laughs> yeah cool well um i think this is probably you know one of the one of the questions that gets stirred up here is kind of like what is our favorite 
reason for a mission statement. And I think that this is one, um, you know, just being able to know, uh, what to say no to, what to say yes to, Mm -hmm. and then ultimately like how to navigate, you know, the dynamics within a family. Because it gives you, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, once you have the mission statement, you do the hard work of like, okay, who's being selfish or maybe what kind of like weird ideals do we have that we need to get rid of, do all that work. And then you come together and now it makes it really easy to kind of navigate because you've come to a mutually like agreeable place. And it's like navigating all these tough things is really, really a lot easier once that kind of foundation has been laid. Yeah. I was going to say it gives you kind of a confidence in decision making Mm -hmm. rather than every opportunity. And you touched on this that comes your way being like, Oh, that's a really good opportunity. What do I do? Yes or no kind of thing. It, you have more confidence in, well, does it align with what our family, what God has commissioned our family to do? And if it does, then we'll go from there. If it doesn't, then it's an easy no, even if it is something really fun and exciting and a good opportunity. Well, and the, the example I gave in the, the workshop for this was like, if a, if a company, if a toy company, you know, this like uh, longstanding toy company, it's been around for a hundred years and their mission is to, um, is to create simple and super affordable toys for every child everywhere. And then they decided, well, we're going to make premium wooden kids guitars that are going to be $199 a piece for, you know, a family to, to get. And they like tried to insert that into their like skew or their line of skews and, and, you know, their offerings and start producing these, like that totally goes against their mission. And so I think companies use mission statements really wrongly a lot of times, but I think the point of them, and some companies use this really well, is to give them clarity and direction and their guiding principles that go along with that so that they can make decisions about what they're going to do next based on where they decided they were going. We're not going to get distracted. We're going to accomplish what we set out to do. And I think that's the most important thing. So Again, if you guys want to dig into this more, we have a free mini course for you. Um, that's in the show notes below. Um, that's our gift to you guys. And uh, we have another workshop that we'll be uh, launching in the future. Uh, the waitlist is open for that. So if you want to hop on that with everyone else, you can. Um, but otherwise, we appreciate you guys listening. We hope this is helpful. And uh, we look forward to uh, chatting with you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.